Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, January 17th, 2022. Gonna have fun saying that this year. How are you? What's going on? How was your goddamn weekend? Oh, you know what? I got, I got a really bad feeling. I got a really bad feeling. You know what? That a bunch of Buffalo Bills fans. I bet my numbers are off the charts this week. For the Buffalo Bills fans, all tuning in. They didn't tune in when we beat them in the Windy Game. I'm sure they all sat that fucking one out. Um, oh, my God, yeah. Well, I'll be honest with you. I didn't think we were going to win. <laughs> but I didn't think that was going to happen. We got our asses whipped. Um, I mean, I would love to say that that what looked to be a touchdown pass by Mac Jones. And then one of the greatest interceptions I've ever seen that safety coming over the top, like fucking John Stallworth, that catch against the Rams back in the fucking Super Bowl 1979 is what that reminded me of. And uh, that if that was a touchdown, you know, does that change the tone of the game? I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, I don't know what happened to the Bills in the middle of the seasons where all of a sudden they shit the bed. But uh, the beginning of the season, they look like world beaters. And then they look like they were going to do what they always do to their fans, which is let them down. Um, And now they're back and they're looking like world beaters. Although, you know, they beat a young Patriots team with a rookie quarterback. And, uh, you know, I think Mac Jones and some of those guys took too much criticism from Patriots fans where it's just like, you know, we're starting over. There's a new guy, you know. Um, look where we were last year. I mean, Jesus Christ, the whole the fucking wheels were off. And this year we almost won the division and won the playoffs. Got our ass is kicked. And you know what? That's a good fucking thing. It's a good thing because uh, they'll remember that and they'll build on it. And I'm just happy that, like, you know, I was worried that once, you know, Cam Newton didn't work out. Brady's gone. That we were just going to be basement dwellers. But the fact that we're where we're at is fucking great. Um, and I had, I had a fucking blast. Like um, I sort of live tweeted the game. And as you watched it, I mean, the fucking thing was out of hand quick. So I just started like bitching about the officiating like ridiculously. <laughs> People just took the bait. You couldn't believe it. There was one, this, I don't even know what it made the score, like 33 to fucking three or something. And uh, this fucking guy in the Bills, he must have had like five yards on the defender. And, you know, they're just showing Josh Allen, you know, dropping back. He throws the ball and you just see this guy wide open. And, you know, so there's no way I could have seen the corner or anything. And I tweeted out something like, uh, did they ever call offensive pass interference? Ridiculous. And fucking these idiot fans were jumping on. Not, I'm saying all Bills fans are idiots because I could have got Patriots fans with that if it went the other way. If I was a Bills fan and, and we were beating them. But uh, I just had a fucking blast doing that. And then I was doing like the stupid, you know, sports talk radio stuff. Like, are they taking their foot off the gas a little too early? But I will say this. For as much as an ass kicking as it was, I did watch the whole game. I didn't turn it off like most fans I can't watch this. I can't watch this, you know? Like the fucking Bills fans probably did four Super Bowls in a row just turning off the game. Um, I'm really getting tired of how much they glorify Bills fans. 
Like, there's not the same amount of cunts in that fuck. Just because they lose, now you feel bad for them. Um, oh, that was another tweet I had of them. I go, you know, I really hope you guys win it this year because I'm really tired that half of the Buffalo Bills highlights is about your fans tailgating. <laughs> We're jumping on tables. Um, anyway, um, if I was a doctor, uh, that's, I would open up a practice out in Buffalo if, and I would, I would specialize in rebuilding shoulders. Uh, it's gonna be a lot of that. Jesus Christ. Uh, but anyways, it was just an absolute ass kicking. And I gotta tell you, you know, um, the KC and the Steelers is on right now. It's starting to get a little out of hand, but, uh, I don't see anybody that the Bills couldn't beat. You know, but I got to tell you, are you a little concerned about the kicking game in Buffalo? Guy missed two extra points. One of them was tipped, but whatever. One gets tipped and then he misses the next one. All right. And you don't need to tell a Patriots fan or a Bills fan how important the kicking game is because we've been on both sides of that coin. We have a first ballot Hall of Famer and Adam Vinatieri. And uh, you guys had that other guy. Um, So we shall see. We'll see if that comes back. I mean, the guy's been great in the regular season, but that's the regular season. All of a sudden, it's the playoffs, and it gets a little bit tighter. And these Bills fans are all excited because they finally beat Bill Belichick, and maybe they're forgetting that there's a guy named Tom Brady out there who beat the shit out of the fucking Eagles, right? Bills fans, you got to want it. You have, if you have any fucking balls left, all right, after landing on tables, doing splits or whatever the fuck you guys have been doing out there to distract the fact that you have an absolutely pathetic franchise for all of these years. You have to want to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So not only can you finally fucking win a Super Bowl, get that monkey off your back. You already beat Belichick. You have to want Tom Brady. You got to want that game. And I got to tell you something. If Tom goes in there and fucking deep pants, you fucking assholes, deep pants, you guys, one more time, I think you guys should have to rename your city to something else. Like they should just lay the name Buffalo. I don't know, something. You guys have to burn sage. I don't know what it's going to be. I'm just fucking with you. Congratulations. Um, That's the game. If I was... um, uh, 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 Eddie Fatface, whatever the fucking commissioner's name is. If I was that guy and I wanted ratings, that's the fucking game I would want. I would want Tampa Bay versus the Buffalo Bills. And uh, Buffalo Bill fans, I swear to God, if you guys get into the Super Bowl, do yourself a favor. Do not turn on ESPN during the two weeks of Super Bowl hype. If there is two weeks. I don't know if there is anyone that they added next week. Because all it is going to be is about those four fucking Super Bowl losses you know, and all of that, blah, 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 blah. And then they're going to do, oh, it's going to be nauseating as they make you guys out to be Joe Sixpack and all these great fucking people. And you're not, you're not bad people, but you're no better than anyone else just because you haven't won a Super Bowl. <laughs> I fucking hate when they do that. You know, they, they, they show up every year. They're just great fans, and they just show, everybody does. Everybody shows up year after year. What else are we gonna do? All right, we're the peasants. We can't invent things. 
We're not smart. We go down to the Coliseum. Ah, throw them to the Lions. That's what we do. We go to a UFC event. And the second it goes to the ground for longer than 15 seconds, we start booing. We're morons. <laughs> of course, we're going to keep showing up. Um, anyway. So, uh, plowing ahead here. Uh, I missed a lot of the uh, the play. I watched the Patriots game. I really didn't watch anything else. Um, I went out and I flew today. I'm in pre-production on this project that I uh, was lucky enough to get going. So my days are jam-packed, and if I don't, I have to fly, so I don't forget how to fly. So today I flew up from Los Angeles all the way up to Bakersfield, and uh, there's a couple airports up there, an uncontrolled and a controlled, meaning one doesn't have a tower and the other one does. So uh, I went to the uncontrolled. They got fuel there, and, uh, you know, deliberately went up there light just because uh, try to, you know, there's, there's always a little tricky thing when you've, this one's got this weird thing where, like, you you go to you stick your gas card in, and then it fucking asks you what your password is. And I thought it was for my credit card, and I was getting it wrong for like ten minutes. But they're like printing a slip, and you got to take the slip and then read the password. I don't know what the fuck it's. So, anyways, but it was fun, and we ended up going, um, you know, over to the controlled one, and then we flew out to the east, and there was a couple of uncontrolled ones, and they had like these glider airplanes out there this really great little restaurant called the raven or something like that raven's nest and um i was just watching these planes like towing these gliders out there and it's just like i was talking to my instructor going those have to be like some of the best like pilots out there as far as like uh if they're ever in a cessna and there's an engine failure you know I don't think they're that nerd. The only thing I would think is, is that those gliders can glide a lot longer and farther. So they got to like take that into consideration. But like it's every single landing that they do is essentially an engine failure. It's really fucking amazing. So we were watching these planes like tow them out and stuff. And, um, yeah, it was, it was amazing. And, uh, it was really windy when we were up there. We were heavy. We had fuel. We had two people in there, and uh, everything was good. And then, you know, I went to go off the little uh, the taxiway, and I made a left and just got spun around by the wind. The low RPM horn came on. I was like, what the fuck? Um, so I learned something there, you know. Did the dumb thing as I started going down to the ground. I started pulling the collective up instead of putting it down. So it got a little hairy there for a second, but then I was, I, I was able to kind of, like, figure it out. Um, the help of my instructor, or whatever. But I never fly at that altitude, so I was just like, "All right." So I and I learned a whole bunch of shit just in those couple of seconds. So um, that also was flying. And by the way, none of it was. I mean, it was like literally, like you know, I'm like a foot off the ground, so it wasn't anything crazy. Um, it's just one of those little squirrely things that can happen if uh, if you're at a high altitude with a lot and you're heavy. Um, so anyway. Um, I uh, just kind of flew all around out there. I'm kind of liking flying up there. I've kind of flown over L.A. for like for six, seven years, and I'm bored with it. And then you get out there in the desert, and it's amazing, and there's like nobody out there. 
And then also, if you ever had a problem, you can fucking put it anywhere as opposed to like when you're in L.A. where there's all kinds of like wires and fucking all kinds of other bullshit, houses, people, that type of stuff. So anyway, I've been doing that, working out, trying to get in shape, man. Um, By the time you hear this, I will be in New York City. Uh, We are doing the ninth sort of annual you know, with this fucking COVID shit. Uh, we had to miss a year. So the ninth annual, 10th year since we've been doing it, but the ninth annual annual Patrice O'Neill comedy benefit. Um, I got a whole bunch of new shit. I went out and did like 20, 25 minutes the other night uh, here in LA. And I just had the best time just like not doing anything for my, that I did at Red Rocks, having a fucking great time. Um, ran to a buddy of mine I hadn't seen in a long time shooting the shit with him, got all caught up. So uh, I'm looking forward to um, doing all the new shit and seeing how that works back east. And uh, and also somehow trying to go into New York City and not getting COVID. Um, that shit is getting like beyond, beyond contagious. Um, but I'm just going to keep doing what uh, I've been told to do. And I don't know. It just seems to be working. <laughs> Why don't you just do what the smarter people say to do? Dude, they're not that smart. I have the internet. Okay. Um, I was talking to somebody the other day who had gotten it the second time and got over it and was saying, like, I need to go to the doctor. There's not something. I'm not breathing right. There's something wrong with me. And I'm just like, yay. Okay. Uh, hey, man. It's, what is that, the Third Amendment? I can breathe in a virus if I want to. All right, do it. Have fun with that. You do that. You enjoy that. Me, I'm opting out. Um, Absolutely fucking opting out on that bullshit. So anyway, why can't I get fucking comfortable here? You know why, Bill? Because you've never done a studio. That's why. If at some point you ever did a studio... It's so stupid. You know what? I'm like, you ever walk one of those fucking restaurants? And these are a pet peeve of mine. You know, like you go to a place like, oh, my God, dude, they have the best salami sandwich. There's an old guy. He's been doing it the same fucking way for the last 30 years. And you show up and it takes like 90 minutes to just order. I swear to God, I will walk across the street to a fucking McDonald's before I do that, you know? That is, I, I swear to God, I've done that so many fucking times. I'll see something on the internet. Everybody says it's the spot, and I walk, and at the second I see the line, I just, I go, fuck this, and I, I, I go into a Wendy's. <laughs> and I'm not going to lie to you. When I'm in the Wendy's, I'm cursing my brains out. You know? Fucking goddamn stupid fucking cocksucking fucking internet blowing up every good fucking spot out there flipping out. Meanwhile, it's like I wouldn't have known about the spot if it wasn't for COVID. Sorry, COVID. The internet. Sorry, I was looking at the word COVID here. (laughs) If it wasn't for COVID, I wouldn't know where to eat. Um, Anyway, uh, speaking of that, oh, my God, dude, my son flipped out was so fucking mad at me. I actually felt bad. He was so goddamn... He has this thing, man, where he just like... He doesn't want to sit in his chair and eat. He wants to walk around and he wants to do the whole thing. 
even though he doesn't quite know how to use a fork, he just wants to use it and flick shit around. And it's just like, all right, that's what you want to do, buddy. But then he had like this little bowl of bolognese, right? And he somehow got it, you know? I looked the other way and he got it in his fucking hands. And I was trying to take it away from him because I knew he was going to drop it and it was going to be this big mess. And the second I went to take it away, he's so strong. His little cute hands just gripped the bowl. And he went like, ah, yelling. I'm like, no, buddy, no, I just have to take this. And like his whole head turned red and pulled away. And then I let go. And then he was looking at me. And then I was like, I just, I have to get this away from you. I just have, because you're going to, you know, it's going to go all over the rug, all over the floor. And it's going to be a nightmare. So I went in and I just had to overpower him to get it away from him. And he, he screamed as loud as he's ever screamed, put his face down into the bowl, did like a 300 yell, except with like a baby voice. He was so and fucking mad at me and I got it away from him. And then he just ran at me and just threw his fucking arms all the way up like a fucking gorilla at the zoo. Like he was just going to beat my ass and he came flying into my legs. I was just like, oh my God. And I put it down. I was just going, I'm sorry, buddy. I'm sorry. He was so fucking upset. It was just, it was awful. Like it, it, it like ruined for like two hours of the day that I made him that mad. Um, even though, you know, I was doing the right thing. I mean, I fucked up as a dad that he got a bowl of bolognese in his hands. What the fuck was I thinking? I wasn't. But he got so goddamn mad at me. And, um, yeah, it really it fucking broke my heart for like two hours. Because I know what a big deal that is. That's his world, you know? I, I you know, he gets a really a good feeling of satisfaction doing things for himself. And I took that away from him. And he doesn't understand that it was for his own good. Oh, man. I was just thinking, like, is this what, like... That was a scary thing, because I'm just thinking, like, okay, now just multiply this times 10 years and all of that type of stuff when, you know, it's something else or whatever. But I still think I'm going to be all right, you know, as far as being like a parent and stuff like that. And I never listened to, you know, all the parents. Well, you wait, you wait fucking 10 years. It's like, maybe you fucked up. You know, why? Just because your kid is acting like a fucking asshole. I don't know. I know that there's going to be times when, you know, they're going to be like, oh my God, dad, shut up or whatever. I, I get that there's going to be times like that, but I, I just don't want to have like the... uh the like resentment and that type of shit. But I think that that comes from not listening to your kids and telling them to shut the fuck up. Uh, like the way it was done when I was growing up, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah. And I'll tell you the, the fucking side effects of that. Do you guys know to this fucking day, to this day, when things are not working out for me, I get fucking pissed rather than just communicating to people how I need things to be done. And my wife is helping me out with that. And I realized that I never did that because when I was a kid, like no kid could do that. You couldn't be like, hey, you know, can I actually, it's, it's like, 
parents back then were just like, hey, snap the fingers, shut the fuck up or whatever. So you just kind of felt like you had no options. And I kind of carried that into my adult life. Like I'm, I'm literally talking about like getting a, going to a restaurant and getting a completely different order and then just not fucking saying anything because <laughs> I just, I'm doing the formula of a kid like, oh, if I say something else, then I'm going to get yelled at. So I'll just fucking sit here and eat this thing that I don't want. Or, uh, you know, even back then, you know, my wife would be suggesting something like, hey, I, you know, what do you want to do on Sunday? Like this mom, and I would immediately think it's fucking playoff football. I want to fucking. And then I'd rather than just saying that. That the playoffs are on. I, I want to watch playoff football. Um, I would just. Oh, that's a dumb example because I was never at a point emotionally where I wouldn't say that it was playoff football. You know. I wasn't that fucked up. It's just like, are you out of your mind? Do you want to go do something to me when, when, when Andy Cohen is doing the wrap-up of one of those Real Housewife shows? I know you don't. All right? And I'm aware that we both don't know each other's TV schedules. You have no idea when the NFL playoffs are on, and I have no idea when he's wrapping up one of those seasons. But if you tell me that that's what you're watching, I get it. It's important. Oh, fuck. You know what we're watching? We're watching this fucking show. I can't even believe it's real. It's this true fucking crime. They're like, there's there's this fucking family like in South Carolina where like three generations of them are, uh, were like basically the DA of this small town and they knew all the cops and they just had all of this fucking power. And then they have this fucking kid this little bastard for, you know, not raised right. He goes out, he boozes on a boat. Everyone's telling him not to drive. He hits a fucking bridge. This girl gets killed. No charges are brought against him. And then they got to fucking sue the family. And then, and then, and when I fell asleep last night, there was some openly gay kid that got killed. They try to make it look like a hit and run. It was fucking bananas. This story was fucking bananas. It reminded me of that show. I forget the name of it. It took place in Florida. I want to say it was a Netflix show. It had Norbert and Leo Butts in it. Um, oh, what was that? It was just a fucking incredible show. And then for some reason, they just, they didn't renew it or whatever. Um, it was literally that family, except it was real. And it was in, rather than Florida, it was in South Carolina. Um, I'm going to try to find the name of it. If you guys can see this fucking story, um, me and wife, yeah, we're just exhausted. Cause you know, we, we were hanging with the kids, having a blast. We went out like fucking, uh, playing like miniature golf and shit. And dude, it's just like real golf in that there's always some people like in front of you playing too slow that suck or, there's people behind you that are better than you and you're stressing out because they're fucking getting it through the windmill and they're sitting on the, you know, waiting to tee off. Um, and then there's just all these people like taking it seriously. It's like there's a, there's a fucking, this looks like Dr. Seuss designed this thing. What are you doing? Just fucking hit the ball. Who gives a shit? And they're keeping score and stuff. <laughs> it's just like, what the fuck are you doing? So I didn't give a fuck. And my wife was just crushing it. She just like parred the first three holes. I bogeyed all of them. And then like the reverse happened where 
it's funny. Like my daughter is so much like my wife where they both stop giving a fuck on like the 12th hole. They were both bored. Like my wife didn't give a shit anymore. My daughter's climbing on fucking rocks. And, and at that point, like I'm trying to now, now I give a fuck. I'm trying to par every hole. Um, yeah, we had a good time. Went to the arcade. We just did yeah, just total fucking white trash up afternoon. It was fantastic. And then we went out to this, this, uh, old school diner and, uh, just got some fucking malted milkshakes or whatever. Um, but anyways, what the fuck was I talking about? I don't even, I don't even know what the hell I was talking about. What the hell was it? I don't know. Who knows? Anyway, um, let's, uh, let's do some of the reads here for the week, by the way. Uh, all right. Bet MGM. Bet MGM has arrived in New York. Oh my God. Five boroughs of degenerates, right? Is it five? Brooklyn, Queens, Bronx, Manhattan, Staten Island. Oh my God. Talk about sports betting in New York and how big a deal it is. It's a huge deal. It's a huge deal because New York City looks down on New Jersey. They think that they're better than them. And the last thing they want to do is to go in and have to drive through the whole fucking state to go down to Atlantic City to try and go to the Trump whatever before it goes out of business again. Um, if you're in the state of New York or any other state, state where BetMGM is is live, sign up using bonus code BURR, B-U-R-R, and you get $200 free after placing your first $10 bet regardless of the outcome. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code BURR, B-U-R-R. Place your first $10 bet on any event. You receive $200 in free bets right after you place your first bet. Talk about how you and Paul have been working with BetMGM all season, making picks and who you like for the rest of the playoffs. Oh, well, I would have done that anyways. So me and Paul Verzi have been working with BetMGM all season, making picks. Um, and actually, both of us on the Anything Better podcast, we both picked four games a week and bet against the spread. And both of us were like four or five games over 500 after betting like 72 games against the spread. I mean, come on. I mean, who, 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 you know, who, who the fuck am I? Um, who do I like in the rest of the playoffs? With my picks this week in the playoffs, I think I've lost every bet so far except KC, but I was teasing them. So I think, um, like I teased the Patriots to get more points. That obviously didn't work. That fucked that bet over. I teased the Eagles to get more points. That didn't fucking work. I teased the Cowboys down. I don't think that worked because they lost by six. And, uh, who else did I take? And then I had KC. I teased KC down, I believe. So uh, who do I like? Let me just see who I like. Um, I think the Super Bowl winner is coming out of the NFC. Um, and it's obviously either Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. And I just, I have a feeling it's just going to be Tom Brady again. I just think that that guy gets dialed in and he has such credibility because he is the greatest of all time. It doesn't make any sense. The man is, is, is sliding into 50. He's in his George Blanda years. He looks younger at 44 than he did at 34. He has a quicker release. I, I just, I mean, I don't know. 
I don't. I'll tell you the team that I think can fucking knock somebody off. I don't know if they played yet this year. Is the Titans? Are they playing? Are they playing tomorrow night? Like the Titans is not a team that I would want to be playing. I don't know why. If that Henry guy comes back and he's like 85 percent, I don't fucking like that at all. Um, so anyway, disclaimer: all states must read. All right, visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Twenty-one years of age or older to wager uh, in Arizona, Colorado, DC. Iowa, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, Missouri, New Jersey, Nevada, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, and Washington only. I did that with abbreviations, with state abbreviations. Thank you very much. All promotions are subject to qualifications and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Um, Free bets expire in seven days from issuance excludes Michigan. Disassociated persons, please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C. I'm not reading all of this shit. 1-800-2 in Colorado, D.C., Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, Virginia, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER. Indiana, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and uh, West Virginia. I'm, I'm not reading all of this. If you have a gambling problem, there's a 1-800 or 1-88 number in your area. All right? Have fun with this shit. That's what me and Paul Verzi did. You have fun gambling. Have fun with it. Don't lose your house. Don't lose your marriage. Don't lose your kid's college education. Have a good fucking time. All right? Whatever just whatever the fuck it is that you would have gone and blown at SeaWorld. Not SeaWorld. Why would you do that every weekend? That'd be too much money. You know what I mean. You know what your fucking budget is. All right? Pick a game, put some money on it, and have a good time. That's it. All right? But don't be a fucking idiot. Okay. Indochino. Whether it's finding a signature color, wearing or a more flattering cut, or getting a new statement, a new statement piece... I'm making a statement. The right detail can take your wardrobe up a notch. This year, let Indochino take care of your 2022 style edit. Uh, you can customize everything from suits and shirts to chinos and bomber jackets at prices more affordable than you might expect. Indochino offers completely custom-fitted suits, shirts, casual wear, and more at surprisingly affordable prices. Get a wardrobe personalized to your style and taste without spending a fortune. Everyone, Every piece is made to your exact measurements. Excuse me. And you can, sorry about that. Every piece is made your exact measurements and you can customize every detail. I had a little pizza tonight. Sorry. Choose everything about your suit, including the fabric, lapel, monogram, and statement linings. You can create a suit that fits you and your style perfectly. The best part Indochino suits start at just $429 and starts from $79 with all custom customizations included. Give yourself a style edit that sets the tone for the rest of the year with Indochino. Um, get $50 off any purchase of $3.99 or more by using the promo code BURR at Indochino.com. That's $50 off a purchase of $3.99 or more at I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com. Promo code BURR. Indochino. All right. Solo stove. All right. Are you a loner? Do you like to cook? Here we go. Solo stove. There's nothing quite like the feeling of gathering around a warm fire 
on a cool evening. And a smokeless fire pit from Solo Stove makes your outdoor moments even more memorable. Because instead of having to constantly dodge campfire fumes, you can sit back and relax and actually enjoy the fire. And right now, you can get a great deal on solo on a Solo Stove fire pit. Upgrade your backyard with the Solo Stove Fire Pit. It's the perfect catalyst for getting outside and spending more time with family and friends. Solo Stove Fire Pits are brilliantly engineered. It's great for s'mores. Made with premium grade 304 stainless steel and a 360 degree airflow system that maximizes efficiency while minimizing smoke. Easy to light with a few bits of starter, your fire is blazing in minutes. Perfectly portable. Take Solo Stove with you on camping trips and more. Shop now and get up to 30% off fire pits all month long and use promo code BURR at checkout to get an extra $10 off. Plus a lifetime warranty and free 30-day returns. Just go to solostove.com. And remember, you get $10 off when you use promo code BURR. All right. Is this the last one? Yes, it is. Oh, look who it is, everybody. It's all birds. All birds, everyone. You know, even though it will be wet and chilly in most parts of the country, running will still be a part of people's lives trying to achieve their personal best. Uh, you always got to have respect for those people running out in the fucking rain. Uh, the Wool Dasher Mizzle. Our weather-repellent performance running shoe is the first shoe of its kind. No more soggy feet. That's amazing. It's sustainably made from natural materials with a low environmental impact on the planet. But you got goals to meet and miles to log. Keep your feet warm and dry with the weather-repellent Wool Dasher Mizzle Shoe from Allbirds. Allbirds printed the Wool Dasher Mizzle carbon footprint right on the shoe so you know its impact on the planet. Oh, uh, you know how much it, it, it impacts the planet. Okay. Then they offset the footprint to zero uh, to make it a carbon-neutral product. They offset the footprint. Okay. All right, because we're not talking about the sneaker or your foot. You're talking about a carbon footprint. Jesus Christ. Allbirds built the wool dasher mizzle using natural materials to have a low environmental impact so you can break a sweat without breaking the planet. By the way, people wrote this copy. The copy is fine. I'm just stupid. Please don't send those poor people back to the fucking writer's room. And if you're going to, can you, can you up their per diem for lunch? Uh, this winter, keep our feet cozy and dry. Keep your fe- feet cozy and dry with Allbirds. One word, Wool Dasher Mizzles, M-I-Z-Z-L-E-S. Discover your perfect pair at allbirds.com today. That's A-L-L-B-R-D-S.com. Oh, yeah. All right. That's it for the reads. Okay. All right. Let's, let's, let's see what you guys had to say this week. All right. Okay. Look at Apple Watch. Hey, Billy Crimson Crotch. <laughs> Even though that's recycled, I've heard that one before. I still love that one. Um, first of all, avid listener to the podcast, and I loved Ephes for Family. Well, look at you. Aren't you just a salt of the earth, son of a bitch? God bless you. God bless you. Uh, last Monday, you asked why the Apple Watch is not called the iWatch. A company by the name of OMG Electronics? OMG Electronics? Oh, oh my God, Electronics. Uh, got a trademark on the name in 2012 before Apple did, probably in hopes of getting money from Apple when they inevitably followed the iPad, iMac, and iPhone with the iWatch. So Apple avoided that altogether and called it the Apple Watch. Oh, isn't that nice? I feel bad for the people at OMG Electronics. 
It would have been nice if they threw him a little bit of cash. Keep up the good work and come back to L.A. Saw you in Long Beach and you killed. Um, yeah, I, you know, I fucking root for people like that. You know, if you're going to do some shit like that, you anticipate it. You can't get mad at that, you know. Like that fucking guy. We, uh, remember that guy who, who he cornered the market on hand sanitizer right before the pandemic? I mean, the guy was one of the great calls of all time. How many times have they told us something's coming? SARS and all of this shit, Y2K, it never fucking happens. This guy's like, I think this one's real. I got a feeling in my gut. I'm going to fill up my garage with fucking hand sanitizer. And that's what the guy does. And he gets vilified for price gouging fucking hand sanitizer and all of this shit, right? And then meanwhile, all the corporations can do it and nobody gives a fuck. Fucking gas is like on its way to being $6 a goddamn gallon. Nobody even used it last year. You should have a whole bunch of extra. Or whatever, two years ago. In 2020, nobody even fucking used this shit. I don't know. All of this is just fucking emotion. I don't have any goddamn facts behind this shit. Um, all right, if I were a dictator. Oh, this is my, one of my favorite things. And you guys are really responding to this. It's a fun thing to fantasize about being a dictator, isn't it? I fucking enjoy it. I really fucking enjoy it. Um, If I were a dictator, if you weren't a doctor and you were questioning doctors, the next time you needed surgery, I'd make you perform it on yourself. Um, If I were a dictator, uh, hi, Bill. If I was a dictator, I will make it illegal for 14-year-olds and below to own a smartphone. Thank you. Thank you. I don't understand that on any fucking level. The shit that is out there on the fucking internet. And this bullshit that, oh, you can put on the parental fucking blocks on it. And they can literally Google how to turn them off. Or some fucking nerd will figure out how to do it at school. It's so fucking dumb. Like, um, I can't imagine the fallout. These fucking kids, they don't even, they don't even get a childhood. The fucking shit that you can see on the goddamn internet and you just hand your kid a, a phone. I'm not, I'm not doing that shit. My kid's going to get a fucking flip phone. That's where they, they, my kids are going to hate me. But it's just like, trust, I'm, I'm doing you a favor. But then with the, their, their friends will just show the videos. It's really bad, man. We, I, we're so fucking far behind with that shit about protecting kids with the internet and, and, and phones and all of that type of stuff. I don't know. Maybe that's part of the conspiracy. Maybe they're doing that. And they'll be like, hey, man, a microchip doesn't have any porn on it. Um, Canadian dictator. Dear pencil dictator. (laughs) First and foremost, I'm sorry for your loss. Uh, Your anecdote about the comic leech that ended with Bob's one-liner about stealing the eggs uh, hit hard. Oh, yeah, man. That was one of the funny. That was one of the great ones. I can tell you love the guy, and I'm glad he knew how you felt. Yeah, man. Hey, uh, yeah, man. That was, um, I don't know. That was one of the, the fucking, I can't even tell you, one of the most brutal weeks and inspiring weeks um, with Bob Saget passing, which I still cannot believe is real. I just cannot believe fucking believe that that guy is gone 
And, uh, and of all the friends that I've lost, I don't think I've laughed more thinking about a friend than that guy. And I swear to God, like I, it's, this is like his passing has been like inspirational. Like he, even him dying was inspiring. Just how like everybody from all different areas of his life all said the same thing about what a great guy he was and how fucking hilarious he was. Um, yeah, man. I love talking about the guy too. He just, he, he was, I swear to God, man, just everything that everybody's saying is true. All right. Anyway, secondly, as a non-American, let me tell you all the shit that is wrong with your goddamn mess of a country. <laughs> I know how much you love that. Ha, huh? just fucking with you. Um, if I was a dictator of the U.S. because Canada is clearly flawless, why can't, no, no, dude, you got to write back and do one for Canada. I want to know what's going on up there because you got a lot of fucking people up there saying this is the end of our democracy and all that. I follow some of you Canadians and I, oh, why don't you stick to fucking writing kids book? You got the same fucking thing going on up there. Anyway, here's how I build a utopia. A, I'd widen the pay gap between minimum wage and high skilled jobs but I would offer free college slash skilled labor training for anyone who wanted to live better. No living wage for getting high and flipping burgers for 40 years. Um, teacher would, teachers would get paid. I like that one. Teachers would get paid as much as engineers, not because they are angels or something, uh, simply to grow the, the pool of high quality teachers so every community could get e- get equal education. Every kid in the country would start life well-educated and roll into free college slash skills training, resulting in constantly growing tax base. This would also brainwash the next generation to accept the benefits of my rule. Um, have you guys watched that, that YouTube video? I forget the name of it. That It shows why uh, dictators are so brutal to the people and how they have to keep the military happy. This is what's missing, because this is all us peasants saying how, how we would hook each other up and then get rid of the piece of shit peasants. But nobody is, is dealing with, how, how are you going to hang on to your throne? Anyway, I would force healthcare providers and drug manufacturers to negotiate rates directly with me for the entire nation. Well, you just put a big bullseye on your back. Uh, the provider who offers the best healthcare for the lowest cost gets the contract. Um, If service quality declines, management is exiled and negotiations open back up. All right, well, how do you prevent some other wannabe dictator from um, giving a better deal to those healthcare providers and then they start backing you, then you're in trouble. Uh, But I like all these ideas. This seems like you're working for the people here. Finally, iWatch owners would have to complete an annual three-day solo hike through grizzly bear territory. It's a surefire way to thin the herd. I even keep the iWatch commercials on TV long long after just to catch any stragglers we don't need in the DNA, DNA pool. All right. I like all of that. All right. Dictator. Uh, good morning, Captain Drizzle Dick. Thanks for reading this. You ask about dictator, dictator dictation. I'd be the imperial grammar dictator. Oh, God. Meaning I create an empire of well-spoken citizens through dictatorship. Mispronounced fucked up grammar such as the following would be punishable by my grammar police. Irregardless. It's regardless, you stupid shit sticks. I like that you're still profane. 
as as a uh, a grammar police person. Its meaning is without regard, kind of like your fucked up grammar. Um, well, you're the, you also say stupid shit stick, so let's not fucking make you Shakespeare over here. Espresso. There is not one single X in the word espresso, or especially for that matter. What do I say? I think I say espresso, don't I? Although you wrote espresso, so I said espresso. Can I get an espresso? Can I get an espresso? I think I say espresso. I think I think I say it with an X. Like uh, I learned a long time ago, it's uh, etc. Is is that how you say it with or etc.? I forget it. I I'm, I was never good at this shit. Uh, confusing singular with plural. Is there any more of them? You Californians are horrible with this. Is equals singular. Are equals p- plural. Is there any more of them? Are there any more of them? Oh, Jesus Christ, dude. Oh, my God. I feel bad for the woman in your life. Uh, holistic. Another Cali special. Fucking overused crap word. <laughs> All right. I'll go with this one. It is indeed a word, but... It doesn't make you sound hip, cool, or smart. It makes you sound like a fucking douchebag. Um, it just makes me sound like I'm going to fucking pay extra money for something that shouldn't be, you know, probably should be 25% cheaper. And there's no way for me to prove if this thing is uh, is actually going to do what it says. Um, it started like artisan ice cream. Just go across the street into a fucking, you know, pharmacy. And buy the same ice cream that the, the people who are like 80 years old have been eating it their whole life. They're still alive. Um, all right. First offense, a written warning. Second, a $100 fine. Third, mandatory eight-hour grammar class. Four, you are shipped to a continent, a containment camp on the east side of the Salton Sea until deemed fit to reenter our well-spoken dictatorship. Well, look at you, you know. You're really into grammar. You know, you're not into violence. I don't know. There'd be a bunch of people. Dude, I don't fucking care. I'm out here. Fucking son. They're feeding us, right? Hey, is there any more of them Miller lights? Um, All right. If I were a dictator. Hey, Bill. If I were a dictator, the first thing I would do is set a daily limit to the number of words each person can say. Wow. If anyone speaks more than they are allowed, they will be drone struck. Okay, now here's somebody ruling with an iron fist. Next, anyone with a longer dick than me will be killed immediately. Unfortunately, that's going to be a lot of people. (laughs) But what about all the guys that have the same size dick as you? You know, if you want to be the John Holmes with a five-incher, you got to kill everybody down to four inches. Uh, Next, all guys will have to work uh, as banker cunts. Lawyers or politician. They can opt out of these jobs, but the only other option will be a makeup person at Macy's. All women will have to work at labor-intensive jobs such as construction or mining. Wow. <laughs> is there any re- I want to know the reasons for this. This is wild. Next, the Nets and the Lakers will get unlimited budgets and will be the only teams allowed to use steroids. The Federal Reserve will be allowed to print as much money as it likes. There will be no health care for anyone. 
I will make sure global warming continues until the whole world has summer year-round. I can't wait to take my yacht through Times Square in January. Lastly, I will divide the country into two halves. I will split all the Trump voters and Hillary voters. The Trump voters will have Hillary as their president, and the Hillary voters will have Trump as their president. After 10 years, if everyone learns to behave themselves, I will step down as dictator and assign Tom Brady to be president. Uh, you know something? I think we have a winner here. That was the most clear and concise plan. And I felt that he was or she was ruling with enough of an iron fist that they could maintain their power. All right. Uh, Congress members, unsurprisingly, are surprisingly good at picking stocks. And they had un in parentheses. Hey, yo, Billy Banker. You're always talking about the corruption of both the blue ties and the red ties. So I thought you'd find this article interesting. It analyzes the 2021 stock market trades of members of Congress. And surprise, surprise, they do pretty well. In fact, in 2021, they beat the market. If you really want to get heated, you can read the full article. Oh, Jesus. I mean, well, yeah, well, they're grossly underpaid. They're grossly underpaid, so they're susceptible to, to corruption, bribery, and all of that. Um, that's fucking hilarious. It's just so fucking... Yeah, and everybody there is like a fucking millionaire. What do you make as a congressman? It's, it's like, what, 125, 150 a year? Is that what they make? The president make, or like 200, 250 or something? Yeah, they're not going to sit around taking all that shit, you know, and once every, I don't know how long, you know, a bunch of people from a Dave and Buster's are going to storm through there and kill some people on January 6th without making a little money. All right, here are just a few interesting facts from the report. <coughs> Hundreds of millions of dollars have been exchanged in the stock market by our elected officials in 2021 alone. In just equities, Congress bought and sold nearly $290 million throughout the year. These are people that make two hundred fifty grand a year? Hang on a second. All right. How much do senators make a year? Um, senators in the House of Representatives make $174,000 a year. And collectively, they sold nearly $290 million in stocks last year. <laughs> They've been doing that forever. He, oh, he did really well. She did really well in the private sector. Oh, did she? In 2021, the Congress beat the market. This report shows which sectors were preferred by each party and branch Oftentimes, huge trades amount could be attributed to one or two members. Big legislative, so they're not all corrupt. There's a couple of people. Oh, God. Big legislative events, such as the infrastructure bill getting passed by the Senate, were often preceded by politicians trading in the sectors affected. I mean, that's not insider trading. There were tons of, they probably just give stock tips to the fucking cunts on Wall Street. I don't know who police it, and they just let them get away with it. There were tons of un- unusual trades where politicians made millions of dollars. Yeah. And they won't get any fucking shit for it. And that is why that they just, I don't know. Once again, like I said, they go after, uh, yeah, like they go after comedians and shit. What we need to do is we need to, we need to get on the inside of the stock market or something be able to make some of these cunts some money 
and then they'll stop fucking with us, I guess. Although I kind of feel like they have. Doesn't it feel like it's kind of over? All of that cancel culture shit. I just feel like it's just, it kind of just died. You know? People who didn't really deserve to get canceled are back. You know? People who should have been, you know, have a timeout or whatever are allowed to kind of put their lives back together, which always made sense to me. You know, every day there's people who get paroled out of prison who did way worse than most of the people that got in trouble. Not saying all, but most of them. So if they can try to put their fucking lives back together, you know. I mean, you know, why, why can't other people? I don't, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't give a fuck. Why do I comment on these things? I have no idea. I can tell you right now, I am so fucking dehydrated right now. You know, I keep doing the goddamn elliptical. Can you hear the, all this fucking noise that I'm hearing me undoing these wires here? Um, I keep doing the fucking elliptical like every goddamn day. I've been doing yoga. I've been doing all of this shit. I've been dropping weight. You wouldn't know by what I said I eat, ate this week. But I, every, other than that, I eat fucking perfectly. But uh, I've been dropping weight. Uh, I look good. I feel good. But I'm fucking dehydrated as shit. Because uh, I don't know. I don't like drinking water when I'm doing the elliptical. Because you have to like slow down. No matter how much you slow down, it dribbles down your fucking chin. And I got to keep my stupid mask on. You know? There's this one person at my gym. They don't know that I know, but I know. They fucking put their mask on. And what they do is they double fold it. And they, they, they lift it up over their mouth. And then they have it hanging down. And then they're breathing. You can totally see it from the side. <laughs> I call the person the cheater. Um, but whatever. The fuck are you going to do? So anyway, um, I'm going to close this out by once again, uh, congratulations to the Bills. You guys are looking like fucking world beaters. Uh, I am rooting for Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, of course. But my, uh, my second team is the Bills. You know, I mean, I just, you know, I, I don't know why. I just want to see Brady get another one. <laughs> Fucking have eight. You know? It'd be amazing. Then he gets eight, and then, then he can go for three in a row, which nobody's ever done. Um, yeah, it'd be fantastic. Because I just love, oh, my God, I'm so fucking sick of him. I'm not. Why are you sick of the scene that, you, you know... I wonder if people back in the 1920s were like, oh, my God, I'm so sick of Babe Ruth. We get it. You're the greatest fucking baseball player. Were they sick of him? You know there were people. I don't want to go down there and see that fucking asshole. And they didn't go to Yankee Stadium. Or they didn't go to their local ballpark to see Babe fucking Roof. Why wouldn't you do that? Um, I don't know. You can't be like that. If somebody's fucking great, you got to give it up. And you got to root for them to be the, the greatest ever so you could say that you saw it. I would think. I don't know. Uh, Speaking of which, I have just become obsessed with the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, Their whole thing in the 1970s where, you know, they came out in like 68 and they had Paul Brown and Bill Walsh and that kid Greg Cook. You got to see the story on this kid. This kid was like Bill Walsh said he was the greatest quarterback talent he ever coached 
including, you know, Joe Montana. And, um, you know, a guy blew out his rotator cuff. They didn't know what happened, and they didn't know how to fix him back then. And it just, you know, made his arm weak, and it just ended his fucking career. And the guy really had a sad life after that. Um, but then his backup had a weaker arm, and that's when Bill Walsh created the West Coast offense in Cincinnati. And it was called the West Coast offense not until 1985, I guess, when Bill Parcells' Giants beat the 49ers. And Bill Parcells said, hey, how do you like that West Coast offense now? And then that's what, and that coined the phrase, but it was actually created. And they had a guy, Isaac Curtis. Did I talk about this with Verzi or did I already talk about this on the podcast? I can't remember. They had a guy, Isaac Curtis. He was the fastest guy in the NFL. And he is the reason, the Isaac Curtis rule is that after five yards, you can't interfere with the player because Paul Brown said what is the point of having a performer if they're not allowed to perform they fucking were jumping on him and shit the whole way down the field so that's the reason for that the Mel Blount rule is when he beat the shit out of Golden Richards in the Super Bowl in 1976 he was literally just beating him up um, like punching him in the head and shit it was fucking nuts so they're like you can't do that um <laughs> But wait, they're kind of the same rule, though. I get, look those up. Try to find the, the, the nuance between the, the Isaac Curtis rule and the, uh, the Mel Blount rule. Um, and I also, I'm a big fan of rules named after players. Like Sean Avery. You can't turn around and face the goalie and just stick your hand in front of his eyes or whatever. I just loved that there wasn't a rule that said you couldn't do that and nobody thought to do it until he did it. And then just the fucking balls that that took because he has his back to the shooter and there's no there's no padding. Even if there's fucking... You're just getting hit in the fucking foot would kill at a pickup rink. Forget about getting hit in the calf by an NHL slap shot from the fucking point and he didn't... Get, he was so about winning, he didn't give a fuck. Turned around and just stuck his hand there. I thought it was hilarious. So, um, anyway, that guy should have a podcast. That guy is fucking hilarious. Um, and if he does have a podcast, please send it my way. I want to. I want to. Uh, I want to listen to that. Um, anyway, all right, that's the podcast for this week. All dehydrated, Bill. Congratulations to the Bills. I got to tell you something, man. That interception was one of the greatest interceptions I've seen in a long. Long fucking time. You guys you guys got a great coach. They got somebody up in the booth that used to work with Belichick and Nick Saban. I mean, these guys, they are built to win this whole fucking thing. And I got to tell you, man, I think they got a better vibe than those great Buffalo teams um, of the late 80s, early 90s. I think this one just seems more... Uh, they got that cold-blooded serial killer fucking thing that you have to have as a champion. So uh, I don't know, man. I think that they. Uh, I think that they. It's going to come down. I'm mean, this obvious shit. It goes down to KC and the Bills, unless KC completely fucked it up and the Steelers beat them. While I'm doing the podcast here, it comes down to KC and the Bills, and I think the Bills could beat them absolutely beat him and you know i was watching tonight and you know 
Kansas City gets down to the goal line. They do a little razzle-dazzle. And then Patrick Mahomes literally underhands the ball to somebody. Like he would throw to a three-year-old. And everybody's like, oh, my God. It's like the fucking Globetrotters. I love Collinsworth. He's like, it's like the Globetrotters. It's like, is it? That looks like me trying to teach my daughter how to catch. (laughs) I was joking on Twitter that like when he threw that, when Josh Allen threw that ball sidearm, if Patrick Mahomes did that, the announcers would have talked about it for the rest of the game. I mean, that is just odd. Look at the angle of his arm. I mean, that is fun. You would think that nobody ever slinged it sidearm before the guy. I will give it up. I never saw somebody throw a no-look pass. I will give that up, but um, I don't know. There's just something about when he does shit like that, they act like they've never seen it before. I mean, what I'm seeing there was that's just the holy roller turned into a fucking forward lateral. Ken Stabler did that shit 40 years ago. Oh, Bill, you're really going to be an angry old man? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. All right, that's the podcast. Go fuck yourselves, and I will uh, I'll check in on you on Thursday.